Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two, two woman, woman servants and his eleven sons and passed over forth Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent them over that he had that he had had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? He said, Jacob. He said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for the prince has power, thy power with God and with men and has prevailed. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to touch hearts, lift us up, and encourage us, Lord, in this time. That only you can do, Father. And we'll just praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I want to talk about Jacob uh, and his uh, praying victoriously. And we need to have a victorious prayer, li prayer life in our life. Uh, let me ask you a question tonight. When it comes to your prayer life, do you feel like you pray the way that you have victory in your prayer? Do you feel like you have victory in your prayer? I believe if we're honest, a lot of us just feel like the, that, we, that our life seems to never really get anywhere with God. We feel that our prayers are not getting answered and it's just becoming mundane and, uh, and boring and lacking and it doesn't really seem there's much victory in our prayers. A lot of people don't know how to pray. A lot of people, when they do pray, they don't know what to pray for. And a lot of people just seem like God just doesn't answer their prayers at all. And if that's the uh, line of your thinking tonight, and that's the way you believe tonight, and let me just say God has tended our prayer life to be a much, much more life. Scriptures tell us that we can have victory in our prayer, and it is a good pleasure of a, our Father to give us the gifts when we pray. When we pray, He gives us. God said, Ask and you shall receive, uh, uh, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. The Bible says, if you, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Think about this. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, I can tell you, we can have, uh, we can have victorious prayer life we can have victory in our prayers if we just take the bible and apply it to our lives he said you can ask anything you will and i will give it unto you god does not want our prayer life to be a life of defeat he doesn't want us to pray and feel like god doesn't hear us or answer our prayers but god like jacob wants to pour out victory in our prayer life tonight I believe in all my heart God is calling His church to pray. There are a lot of things that we can't do as we've seen in the uh, last few months. But there's one thing that you and I can do. There's one thing that the church can do. And, that, and it's the characteristic of all of God's people. And that is pray. 
All throughout the scriptures, God's people were prayers. Men and women, they prayed when things were going wrong. They prayed and seek God's face. In the Old Testament, the prophets, or the New Testament, the disciples, they were known as people of prayer, people who prayed. Even the kings prayed, and even the unlearned men prayed, uh, whether they be rich or poor, whatever was going on in life, they prayed to God. You may have excellent speech and you may uh, be able to sing and you may be able to uh, play instruments. But everybody can pray. You may not have influence in man's, uh, with man, uh, but you can pray. You may not have many gifts or uh, uh, the brain before the king, but you can pray. God is seeking people to pray. Would you agree with me? We need to be praying, and there's much to pray for tonight. There's much to pray about tonight. But I can I tell you, when you feel defeated in your prayer life, you feel like God doesn't hear you. And even when uh, you don't uh, even know what to pray for, there, uh, there's a God in heaven that hears you and answers your prayers. God is inviting us to pray tonight. I, I want victory in my prayer. I, I don't know what you want, but I want victory in my prayer. I want to be able to pray uh, just like Jacob. And the Bible said that when he had prayed, he wrestled with God. And the Bible declares when he wrestled with God, he prevailed in his prayer life. I, I want my prayer life to be a prevailing prayer life. I want to have victory in my prayer when, when I seek God. So here's the question tonight for you and I to answer. How do we have the kind of prayer life that Jacob had? How do we know when we pray and we can have that victorious prayer life? There's some things in Jacob I want you to see about. I want you to see how Jacob prayed about. In verse 24, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the break of day. Can I say there's privacy in a victorious prayer? Uh, there's privacy in prevailing prayer. I cannot stress this point to you enough tonight that some, somewhere if you're going to have victory in your prayer life, uh, uh, there has to be an issue of private prayer. There's going to have to be a, a time that you get alone with God and seek God's face. I can't stress it enough. Jacob was alone. He wasn't uh, lonely, but he was alone. In fact, these, the chapter here Jake, uh, speaks of Jacob being with many people. He said he had his two wives. He said he had his uh, 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 women servants, and he had his 11 children. He was traveling with many people. But when it comes to this chapter here, Jacob dismissed all those people that were around him. They got all those people out of his life. And just for a few moments, he was left alone all by himself. 
Jacob had to dismiss some hindrances in his life. He had to dismiss, uh, dismiss an opposition in his life. He had to dismiss some distraction in his life. For him to get a, be able to get along with God, he had to dismiss some things in his life. For him to seek the face of God and have that victorious prayer life, we're going to have to dismiss some things in our life. We're going to have to uh, have a time and a moment in our life that we get alone by ourselves and get everything up and around us uh, and, and pray and seek God. It, it happened to Moses. When Moses prayed, the Bible said he went up to the mountain to pray. And God met him there and gave him victory. It, it happened to Elijah. He got into the cave. And he was praying there by himself. He was all alone. And when he prayed, God heard, his, uh, uh, heard him and then God, he heard God in that small, still voice. It, it happened to David all through the Psalms. You read the Psalms and study the Psalms. And he would always get by himself with God and God and pour his heart out to God and God gave him victory. E even Jesus, when the multitude were all on him, uh, many times in his ministry, uh, they were thrown him, they would come up against him. There were times that he had to get alone into the mountains and pray and seek the Father's face. So he would, he would dismiss himself. So there's got to be some times that you're going to have to dismiss some things in your life to have that victorious prayer life. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that we should stop praying in public. I thank God that we can still pray in public. Amen. That there comes a times in our life that we're going to have to dismiss ourselves from the public and seek God. In private. God thinks much about public praying. God thinks much about congregation praying. Family praying. Group praying. Thank God that we can still do those things in the day that we live in. But if we're going to have victory in our prayers, at some point, somewhere, we're going to have to dismiss all those things in our life. Get rid of some of uh, the distractions, some of the hindrances, and some of those things that we holding on to. And sometimes they can be great distractions in our life. We can be distracted over many things. We can be distracted over voices. It doesn't, uh, things can distract us from having that private time, that alone time with God. Jacob needed to get alone. He had a, two wives and 11 kids and all these servants there. He earned the time to be just by himself. And the same thing with you and I. We're going to have to get alone. We're going to have to find that place that we can say, Lord, I am coming here, and when I get here, I'm going to, I'm going to get there by myself, and there's going to be no distraction. I'm dismissing everything in my life. Cut that cell phone off. That's the biggest distraction. Cut it off. And say, Lord, I, I'm coming to you. Jacob said, but if you, when you pray, go into the room, and when you shut that door, pray. Pray to your Father in that secret place. 
And Jesus said, if you pray to your Father in that secret place, your Father will reward you openly. Thank God for the group prayers. Thank God for congregation prayers. Thank God for public praying. But there has to be a time that you and I are going to have to get alone, get by ourselves, just pray and seek God's face. I, I read a story the other day. Uh, a man was out in Joshua National Park. And while he was there, he was by himself. And while he was there, he broke his leg somehow. And for two days, he laid there. The wild animals around him, and it's in the desert, and it was hot. And for two days, he laid there. He was finally rescued. But for those two days he laid there, he said he had to realize and come to the realization of who he was and what was in his heart. He didn't know if he was going to get rescued, but he had to realize that his surroundings around him, uh, and he had all this time, he had to realize who he was. In fact, he had, had a heart check. There's something about being alone that causes us to ask that exact question. Who we are, and what are we going to happen to us? It, it, it's something about being alone, that still time. When you come to chapter 32, there's a lot of going on in Jacob's heart. And Jacob had been a deceiver. He deceived his father, he deceived his brother. Now he's on the way trying to uh, get back with his brother Esau. God said, you, you've got to get things right with me first before you can get right th with things right with other people. God is telling us the same thing. Until our hearts are right with God, until our life is right with God, until you get that right, you cannot get things right with everybody else. You cannot get into that prayer life, that secret prayer life. You cannot have victory in a life until you get everything right with God. So that's why we get, get to that secret place and get rid of the noise and distractions. We, we crowd our lives with everything in this world, don't we? We, we got so much going on. We just, we, so, so many voices are pulling our ears. We got everything going on. We don't see. It's hard to just disappear. It's hard to get to that place by yourself because we got so much going on. Now, I believe sometimes we're afraid to get alone in our prayer closet because God starts dealing with our hearts and start pointing out things in our life that we don't want to be shown. But God will not deal with you until you get into that private place, that alone place in your prayer closet. And until you do that, listen, until you get alone with God and start seeking God's face and, and you get the distraction away, you'll never have a revival in your heart and we'll never see a revival in this land. God is calling us to be victorious prayers. There, there's got to be privacy in our prayer life when we pray. There has to be some perseverance for victorious prayers. Jacob was left alone and there he wrestled with a man until the break of day. The greatest need in the 
this generation today, this generation of men and women, the greatest need that it is is those that will start praying for something and pray on and on and on perseverance. We need some people that's going to pray about something and just don't pray one or two times and stop praying. We need some people in this generation that's willing to say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep praying. Jacob wrestled with the man, God until he said, hey, God, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. He, he kept going and kept going. We need people in our lives. We need people in the church that says, I am going to pray and I'm not going to stop praying. He wrestled with God. Picture here is he locked arms with him. I, I, I see this. This is my mindset. He, he's wrestling with God. He's locked arms with him. And he's rolling in the dirt there. And here's a man wrestling with God in Genesis 32. And at the, some point there had to be some contact with him. You can't wrestle God without contact. Somewhere Jacob had to get a hold of God. Jacob had gotten to the point that he said, I have to stop these two-seated prayers. I'm praying once or twice. He said, I've got to stop that. He says that where I'm just barely shaking heaven, I, 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 I just barely get through the day. At some point, I need to stop that. At some point, that you and I need to stop that. And we need to get a hold of God. And I'm asking God to get a hold of me. There is this idea that there's some grabbing going on, something that, that is divine. I, I got to do more than just sit on the pews. I got to do more than just uh, have, uh, have religion. I, I have to do more than just going through the motions. Uh, I need more in my life than just touching a man or touching religion. I, I need God. I, I can't, can I tell you that in these last days, more than everything else, we need to get our prayer closet and start praying and ask God to get a hold of us and we get a hold of God. Not just one time, but over and over and over, don't ever stop praying in that prayer closet about yourself. And say like Jacob, when you, Jacob, when you get in there, say, Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. There's something about that has to have contact, that Jacob had contact. This amazes me. I, I got to looking at this the other day. It amazed me. That we're able to come in contact with God. In fact, he invites us to the throne room. But I've read that millions and millions of people every year go into the woods with the hopes of coming in contact with Bigfoot. Every year, people go into the woods looking for Bigfoot. And you even got shows for them uh, uh, going out and looking. They said, well, maybe next show we might get a glimpse of Bigfoot. Even in New Mexico, there is acres and acres and acres set aside with telescopes that's pointed to the heavens. Uh, and people come there in the hopes to get a glimpse of alien life. And believe it or not, there are even people that say in their hope to get a glimpse of Elvis. They hope to get a glimpse of him. Can I tell you, God is not like Bigfoot. 
God is not like an uh, uh, alien. And God is not like Evelyn. You can get a hold of God. Amen. Something just conjured up in the minds of man and, and they throw it out there. We want to grab a hold of it. Let me just tell you what. God is real. God is alive. He's still on the throne, amen. Uh, he's high and lifted up. Uh, uh, the great thing about prayer is God invites us into the throne room with Him. Isn't that wonderful that God says you can come to the throne room, the throne of grace, and we can have contact with the divine? Jacob said, this, this is not a one move and done. He, this wrestling to the break of day, Jacob wrestled with God all night long. How do we, how do we, why do we give up on our prayers too easily? We pray just one time and let it go. We need God in this generation. These people today, we need God in this church today. We need people to pray like Jacob. I'm not going to let you go. God, I need a touch. God, I need to hear from heaven. God, I need a blessing. God, I am not going to let you go until you touch me again. We need people like that in church today. We see the contact. But there's a contest going on here too. It's a contest of the wheels. Whose will is going to prevail Whose will is going to overcome in your prayer closet? Who is going to prevail, God? God's will or your will? God is wanting to change Jacob. He wants to change his life, and ultimately he changes his name from Jacob to Israel. But before that can happen, there has to be a, con a conversion of the wills. Jacob's will had to get matched up with God's will. Maybe you're like me, sometimes I pray. I figured it out, Lord. <laughs> I, I, I figured it out. This, this is, is what it needs to be, God. I, I'm going to lay it out for you as a gift, God. And all I'm asking you to do, Lord, is just put your blessing on it so that I can go on living my life. Can I tell you, that's not the way to pray for God. You can't figure it out. You don't have to lay it out. It takes God. It takes the will of God in your life. We need to seek His will in our prayer life. We need to be like Jesus when He, uh, when he was wrestling in the garden with that cup. It was weighing heavy on Him. But He knew it could not be His will. He says, but Father, not my will be done but thy will. And, and the great mystery of it all is when we begin to accept God's will in our life, it becomes our will. I, I get defeated when I go to my prayer closet. I'm defeated when I pray and, and I, I get defeated in it. But even though I get defeated in it, I come out the victory. I win. When you get hooked up with God's will, you begin to give Him the glory. I wonder, do we pray that way? God, I'm going to wrestle with you until I understand what your will for my life is. That's the kind of perseverance 
a prayer that God wants us to have tonight. But I want you to see this. I want you to get a hold of this. There's great privacy in your prayer life when you get along with God. And not just trying to get a hold of God once in a while, but every day in your prayer closet, getting along, seeking God's will and God's face for your life. But can I tell you, this comes at a price. This comes at a price. The Bible said that Jacob wrestled with God. And he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. The price for praying the way that Jacob prayed, the way that we should pray, can oftentimes be greater, but not greater than the benefits. It might cost us something when we pray this way. We might have to give up something when we pray this way. And God might reveal some things in your life uh, or maybe some sin in your life or uh, maybe a, a fellowship in your life. Maybe you're going to lose some friends over there. But when you start praying this way, God's going to reveal some things. It's going to cost you something to pray this way. He paid the price. That comes from praying this way. And Jacob said, I could pray. I got in touch with God and God got in touch with me. But it came with a price. He walked with a limp now. For the rest of his life. And he's reminded day after day after day. What it really took to get a hold of God. And to get a touch from God. Jacob learned that God was much stronger than man. Amen. He said, he, the Bible said he touched him. He's showing Jacob, if I wanted to, I could have crushed you. I could have crushed you. Letting him know that there is a price to pray that way. It's very well good when God calls us to pray. And God's speaking to your heart, touching with man, to have contact with him. But he reminded that kind of prayer life comes with some kind of price. If you could cost you some of your habits, your sins, or uh, whatever that's going on in your life, it's going to come with a price. But isn't it worth it? To be touched by God. Isn't it worth it to know that your will is in tune with God's will? God's got his hand on you. Isn't it worth it when you walk into that prayer closet and you get down on your knees and you start praying to God, God hears you. And you can feel his. Isn't it worth it? There's privacy of prayer and there's a perseverance of prayer. But there's a price that must be paid for you to pray that way. In fact, Jacob's reminded in Hebrews 11 and 21, it said, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed his sons of Joseph. And he worshiped. And as he was doing, the Bible said he was leaning on top of his staff. 
That, that means that the very time as he was dying, he, he was remembering at the time that he got a hold of God and he learned that, hey, I've got to trust in God. I, I can't do it myself. I'm the leaning on God. And that's what God wants us to do is start trusting in him and leaning on him, learning from day to day that we cannot make it without him and we'll never do it and we'll never have victory in our prayer life until we get by ourselves with God in that prayer closet. It's going to cost you something, that kind of prayer. But there is a prize, too. Jacob was a deceiver. He deceived his father. He deceived his brother. He asked him, what's thy name? He says, Jacob, the deceiver, supplanter, jokester. All those things that Jacob was. Mm. Everything that Jacob had done had come out. And, and he said, <laughs> no longer will you be known as Jacob, but now you are Israel. Isn't it amazing that we can sit and look back and see where Jacob became Israel and we still see Israel going on today. We see there's a prize. He's being remembered day in and day out for what he'd done. He got a hold of God and God touched him. Isn't it wonderful the prize is that, that when you get along with God and God gets a hold of you, you get a hold of God, God touches you, everybody's going to know it. Amen. It is wonderful to know that we can get some people to start praying and don't stop. There, there might be something in your life you've been praying about, but maybe you want to pray one or two times today, and that's it. Maybe that we need to ask God for some burdens in our life that will bring us to tears and to our knees. Bring us to that place that we get alone in our prayer closet and get a hold of God. But can I tell you, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. But the benefits are greater than what you pay. It is greater. We need some more prayers. We need some prayer warriors. Not just one time praying, but I'm talking about just praying on and on. Whatever there's in your heart, in your life that you've been praying about, and you start to feel that God is not answering your prayer, or God, you feel like that it's just been becoming a routine, and you're going through the motions, can I tell you to stop? And say, Lord, here I am. Your will. Your will. And I guarantee you the heavens will open up. God will know your heart. God will know the desires of your heart. And God has answered you. He'll answer you. I don't know about you, but I've learned that I need to pray in a different way than I have been praying. I need to get along with God. I need to get along with Him.